0: <laughs> Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Dublin International Airport. Falchuk Airport via Adahia.
0: Ah, finally landed. Oh, I'm so excited that the annual Sukadeep Retreat is in Dublin this year.
1: Attention flyers. We're, We're delighted to, to say Falchat, the travelers attending the annual Sukadeep Retreat. We hope, we hope Ireland offers Succa plenty of DEEK Suka.
0: Finally, after years of not traveling, waiting for COVID to end, events being canceled, it's finally time to go to something
1: great. Attention, Uh, flyers. Please remember to pick pick up up all bags in Terminal 2. We regret that a traveler's liter-sized bottle of lube has exploded. Please take care.
0: Huh. Okay. Uh, Now I just have to wait for Maddie to pick me up, and I can be on my way. I'm just glad the event didn't get canceled this year.
1: Attention, Uh, flyers. We've just been informed the annual Sukadeek retreat has been canceled. No!
0: Wait, why are they making these announcements in the airport? Oh well, it's episode eighty. Vacations are terrifying.
1: I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. State of the pie we honor thee from life to death to rise. Horror in real life. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Horror, Horror in memories. the
0: movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? What do we want it? Yeah! I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is
1: better. MHQ, where your travel headquarters too. And here's a one-of-a-kind vacation spot or two. Gorgeous places to see. And what makes them uniquely beautiful also makes them a little bit risky, but that's probably why you want to go. So let's arm you with the right info before you go and plan your trip to what may be the most dangerous places to travel. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of your very favorite podcast in the entire world. This is Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. And my name is Maddie. And my name is Andrew. And if this is your first time with Friday the thirteenth horror podcast, uh first of all, welcome to episode eighty. That's pretty cool. About time. Geez, where where have you been? I know. Jeez. Um, you know, listen, if if you are new, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, though you can. We sounded very different back then as as I remember. Um, but we're very happy to have you with us. And this is the podcast where we talk about horror. Horror in real life and horror in the movies, all from an LGBTQIA perspective. So welcome to the show. Uh, the 80th episode, we're talking about vacations being terrifying today. First off, though, Andrew, just how are you? You're getting over COVID. How are you feeling? Tell me about it. Everything's great. I hope that people can uh, sound in my voice. That's not the right way to put that. Maybe the brain
0: (laughs) fog's still here. I'm not sure. Um, But no, I'm feeling a lot better. My voice is a lot better. So thanks to everybody for hanging in there while we went through a a week of a little bit of grogginess. But all in all, doing good. Good. The weather is finally good here in Chicago. Excellent. We're finally able to get outside and get some fresh air and sweat our balls off.
1: But uh yeah. how are you, Maddie? <laughs> I'm good. Uh it's uh it's it, we're we're actually recording this on Pride weekend, right? So we'll release it for the the first weekend in July. Um but uh yeah, I had a nice Pride weekend. You know, um you know, it's it's I'm still building up my little new life here. You know what I mean? Sure. And so uh, the community where I live, it's this big complex called Clancy Key. Um, we have like this little Facebook group, and um, you know people you know put whatever in there, they sell stuff or they talk about stuff or whatever. So we organized a little um, pride party on my rooftop yesterday. Well, that and, sounds fun. It's I way was, better than it, going to like a big thing. Oh, yeah. Like people were like, aren't you going to the parade? I was like, no. <laughs> like for, <laughs> for once, I'm not going. I, I used to, be you know, for people that don't know, I used to be in the parade every fucking year, as Andrew knows. Um, and I was like, I don't want to go to a parade ever again, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice. I met a bunch of new people, made some new friends. That's always a fun thing. I had a great time. I am also, uh, I'm coming out of my hangover, but the hangover was Intense Um, as it should be on pride week right but but i'm feeling good now so yeah it's a good thing now andrew let's talk about uh, we always like to talk about what's making us feel good right now let's talk about what's making us feel bad are you ready for it let's get depressing so for uh for this uh episode certified terrifying corner um there's only one real thing to talk about and everyone knows what it is because uh, we're recording this on the 26th of june on the twenty fourth of June, the Supreme Court of the United States of America—you can call them SCOTUS if you like—they um, uh, released the opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Um, the two—the uh, two decisions from the Supreme Court that set the precedent uh, that that gave uh, women a guaranteed right to an abortion uh, across the country. Um, it is uh, insane and um i i just don't um i don't you know I, sometimes you think like surely it can't get worse, and then it it just keeps getting worse, yeah, uh, I prefer to call
0: them scrotum, but uh, yeah, that's fine right? um yeah i've I've been dealing with um some pretty tough feelings over the last couple of days and having to wrestle um what that means for me in my life and what that means for all the women that I know and yeah. have known that have had to deal with some tough decisions in their lives. And if they didn't have that choice, then what they would have gone through or what they maybe wouldn't have lived through. So, yeah. um, really, really scary, uh, for not only women, um, but really what this precedent sets, uh, oh,
1: ooh, sure. Yeah. what
0: could happen because of this could, be really bad and i'm hoping that some decency in the world will finally show its face and stop with the madness but i'm not hopeful unfortunately <laughs> yeah
1: you know it's uh it's, it's important what you said there because in the in the concurring opinion that um clarence thomas who is a piece of human shit and his wife is, is a fucking demon jenny thomas um anyways clarence thomas wrote um, for that reason, in future cases, we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. Uh, if you don't know what those are, Griswold would be about contraception. Lawrence v. Texas is literally the law that that got um, it, it, it's the decision that that made homosexuality legal in America. Believe it or not, that was in like you know the early 2000s. People kind of forget about that one. And then Obergefell was what guaranteed. Um, equal marriage rights for same-sex couples so they're they're coming like they're 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 like barreling toward us right now and i you know i i think that people i don't i don't really know if people understand how dire it is right now like i don't do you do you think that people actually get it right now
0: uh i i i think that certain sects of people do i think that um if you're asking you know if you're asking somebody on the street I'm not really sure but um you know it, it's hard to tell because we run in such tight circles of course uh, of, of people that are really informed and are really do really care about this stuff so it's tough for me to make that decision but I can guarantee that if i i called a family member right now they probably wouldn't even,
1: no, what's they going on? They wouldn't bat a fucking eyelash. It's it's yeah. just, you know same thing with with mine too. You know I'm I'm glad I live in in Ireland, um, and I hope you really love my Irish accent at the top of the, at the top of the show. Um, sorry, Irish people. Sorry, <laughs> um, but um, uh, you yep. know, I'm glad I live in a country where in 2018 the the people overwhelmingly voted to legalize abortion, to make it free, and to make it completely available across the country for anyone that needs it. Incredible in in yeah. Ireland, which is, I mean, people talk about like religion and this and that. You, do you know how fucking Catholic this country is? Are you fucking kidding right, me? Right. So like, they did that, and not only that, they're they're also the first country that voted, you know, uh, equal marriage rights for for same sex couples. It's the first country in the world to do it. So you know, like, I it's it's for me, it's not about like the. the I think that the religion argument thing from from all sides is is a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a red herring, right? What it's it's not about religion. It's about power. That's all that it's about. And I'm telling you, like if you live in one of those states where uh, trigger laws happen, you need to get out. <laughs> if you have kids in those states, you need to get the fuck out. Like I, I told my brother today, I was like, you you have to get out of Indiana. You've got to leave. You cannot keep the girls there. You just you just can't.
0: Yeah. I, I, And what I will say for uh, women right now, um, Plan B is still on the shelves. It oh, has yeah. a shelf life of about four years. So if you need to get some of those just to have a backup plan, I encourage that. Um, for all queer people that are planning any sort of a marriage right now, I encourage you to get your marriage license early, Oh yeah. even, even if you're not going to be celebrating for a while. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen um, very
1: quickly. Uh, and get and, your power of attorney, not just the license. Get your power of attorney. Make make your wills. Get everything in order because uh, unless you're going to leave, And you get know? a passport. <laughs> yeah, and, and like honestly, if you don't have your your, I, like, I'm lucky. My job paid for me to come here. I'm a very 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 lucky person, but. Uh, if uh, even if they hadn't, I'd be trying to get out, <laughs> like get out while you can. I don't know. I else
0: know. We, we actually had a pretty serious conversation last night um, yeah. over, over dinner that was like, if we did cash out everything, how much would we have and where could that get us? Yeah. And so, you know, we're we're starting to think that way. I mean, it's really unfortunate. I mean, fortunately, we live in Chicago, which is a very liberal city um, in, in, a, in a very Republican state. But For now. It's very strange. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. We, we, were, we were both discussing, you know, if we were to go somewhere else in the U.S., would we go northeast or would we go west? Like, we're starting to have, like, I don't know, not super serious conversations, but they're conversations nonetheless,
1: you know? Well, yeah, no, I (laughs) I think that everyone should. And, you know, look, what we won't, we we have a full episode to do. We don't want to you know, talk about this the whole time, but it's important that we talk about it. And it's important that we talk over and over and over again about it. And even when you're sick about talking about it, you talk about it some fucking more. And you got to get out there and actually like get loud about shit. And if you're a person who has never gone out and protested before, it's on a March... It's not of this. It's not of that. It's not asking politely. You got to get out there and fucking like shake your bones a little bit. That, that's you, you, you have to do it. I did it today in fucking Dublin, for God's sake. Like, And if I was hungover, as bad as I was, and trust me, I was about to die, I still got my ass out in the rain and went to a fucking protest. Get out and fucking do it. Go do something. Because you know who's not doing anything? The politicians that you fucking pay and that you voted for, they're not doing fucking shit.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to, and I won't belabor this much longer, but um, I, I I found it like really hard to think about like, hey, we should donate here
1: or we should donate there because it feels like nobody's doing anything oh, about well, it. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who I am not going <laughs> to donate to, the fucking Democrats. You do not get to use this as a fucking fundraiser for yourself. Yeah, get out it's, there. it's I, difficult. It, yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> your, It's not. it's not even difficult. Do your fucking job. Do your job. Your job is to protect people. Everyone knew this was coming for months, and you just didn't do anything. Like it's absolutely wild to me. Absolutely wild. <sighs> All right,
0: let's talk about vacations.
1: Who <laughs> wants to go on fucking vacation? Anyways, <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, right. Life is just a big vacation when you're an expat, right? Um. So listen. <laughs> um we've got some fun things to talk about uh and let's go ahead and talk about them andrew you are talking about some um some really terrible people um, that that people have met you've got a couple people too Uh, i will say i just want to um i want to give a shout out to my friends ken and jane um who were just in dublin this week with their daughters um and uh uh linnea and iris pardon me and they actually told me a little funny funny vacation thing. I'll tell you about it. So they, they were going on vacation around Ireland. They ended their vacation in Dublin, and we had dinner together. It was really nice. And they told me about when they were at the Cliffs of Moher um, out, out on the West Coast. And, you know, these beautiful cliffs, and, you know, they hired somebody to th- take them on a hike, all that kind of stuff. And like the guy was really intense with them, and he was like, you know, this is a really hard hike, blah 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 whatever. And they were like, okay, cool, neat, we get and it, like, we get it. Yeah, and yeah, and he was like, you know, we're gonna go really fast up the hill. And like he's like this old dude, and Ken said that he was like he was booking it up up this this hike, this, this you know this big hill along along the um, along the cliffs. And then he says, he says, oh yeah, uh, I think a guy just fell off here yesterday. And uh, what? <laughs> yes, and so Jane looks looks like looks down where he said that somebody fell somebody fell jane said there was fucking blood on the rocks oh my god is that fucking terrifying. i was like i would have i don't know if i would have been able to complete the hike but they did no one died thank god that's a good thing but it was funny because ken and jane listened to the show they're they're big fans of ours um and i just thought it was a funny little vacation story that i had to tell on here
0: well, I mean, when we went hiking that one time up at uh I forget where we were, Lake. but um yeah, yeah, doubles like And we went on that <laughs> on that insane oh, hike that we didn't god. realize how insane it was
1: until we do were m- Do you remember how hungover I was that day? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um,
0: but I I have some heights issues so uh that was an experience and then when we got back to the camp I looked up how many people have died at Devil's Lake and it was like <laughs> so many people have yeah. fallen off these cliffs
1: I'll tell you too, it's it, you know anecdotally on on that same trip we we got up to Devil's Lake which if you haven't been before it's a really beautiful place it's 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 gorgeous uh it was so fucking hot that weekend
0: oh yeah oh. Massive. And when we're talking camping we're talking just tents. like this yeah. isn't
1: glamour camping yeah no yeah we just we we just do it like that it was it was a lot <laughs> um anyways andrew uh i've got some haunted airports would you like to hear about them oh i'd love to hear about haunted anything yeah you know and i I was thinking like huh i've actually never really thought about airports being haunted before because you you just don't really think about like Like, you think about a hotel, right? It's the the in-between. You don't really think about, like, that part of it. Exactly, right. It's just this, like, transitory space. And, like, you know, there are some airports that I genuinely do like, like... To be honest, I really actually do like O'Hare. I can't explain it. I just, I like going there. It's like Um, a slice of the 80s right there. (laughs) Um, I really, I really like Heathrow actually. (laughs) Heathrow's a gigantic fucker, but it's a really just like nice airport. There's good stuff to eat and there's good shopping and whatever. Um, In, you know, Dublin Airport is actually not that bad either when it's actually working well. palm springs airport it was beautiful palm springs airport oh man maybe i'll maybe i'll tell that story at the end from a vacation when i got really really stoned and drunk remember and you guys sent me off and i and i woke up let me just tell it now andrew fuck it here we are so i i was absolutely bombed out of my brain i left michael and andrew at a gay bar i think that
0: you got uh shampoo drunk like it
1: was girl where you you didn't quite go through the hangover and oh yeah went again (laughs) fucking wild and so like we i leave andrew and michael at this bar called the tool shed which was the tool shed (laughs) shed, what's up girl um and then i get to the fucking airport i'm crying because i don't want to leave palm springs and go back to chicago and i am so drunk i go into the airport i have another beer talk to some guy about golf i don't even play golf um and then i get on a plane and i uh wake up suddenly i just go (gasps) And I look at the woman next to me and I go, Have we left yet? And she goes, Yes, we're in the air. We're (laughs) flying. And she, and I just laid back down and went, Ah. I bet you she t- still tells that story to this day. Anyways, I just, I had to, I had to give that little one out there. Anyways, let's talk about some, some of these airports though. The first one, Andrew, is, uh, this, this comes from skycop.com, if you can believe it, uh, the five most haunted airports in the world. Uh, the first one is another one of my favorite airports, uh, Daniel K. Noye International Airport in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, it's, a, it's a really great airport. Um, Andrew, you, You have not been, you know, you only went to Maui. You didn't go to Honolulu. Yeah, we flew directly into Maui. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, But it's it's a really great airport. Um, It's right in the heart of Honolulu. And, you know, it's it's, it's pretty because it's in fucking Hawaii, whatever, which we'll talk about more in one of our movies. Um, But this airport opened in 1927. And there is a ghost there that is called the Lady-in-Waiting. The Lady-in-Waiting is a blonde woman in a white dress who has been spotted all over the area. Another white dress lady. Where do they get all these white dresses I from? Know, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, including the gate. And she was reportedly a woman who took her own life after the man who promised to marry her left on a flight. Aside from the Lady-in-Waiting, the Honolulu airport has some minor hauntings as well. People have reportedly seen a ghost on the wiki wiki shuttle um, and the choking ghost received that name due to causing a sensation of someone sitting on your chest and choking you. That is Hmm. a little terrifying, right? You know, Uh, know. for some kinks, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, You know, there are also reports of toilets flushing themselves for no reason, which is pretty scary. Can you imagine being a ghost that just walks around just like flushing toilets for fun? Like, what is this afterlife? (laughs) You know, Andrew, I think that that would actually be kind of a cool ghost. To be honest with you, you know. Um, now, the next one here is Islamabad uh, Airport in Islamabad, Pakistan. Of course, uh, this is a fairly new uh, airport. Um, it, it opened in 2018, so you know, not a lot of time for a ghost to like, you know, make a thing there. Um, but it, the the ghost here apparently is all about energy, and people claim to have uh, to feel a heavy energy at the airport. Um, and they don't feel comfortable at the airport at night. The workers also felt the pressure on the chest thing, just like they felt in uh, Honolulu. Um, so maybe this is a ghost thing at airports. Maybe they like to sit on people's fucking chest and like, I don't know, do some scat shit or something. I don't fucking know.
0: You know, yeah. as you
1: do, as you do. Yep. Happy Pride. The next one here is Kempegowda International Airport in Bangalore, India. Uh, and this one uh, also has, believe it or not, a lady in a white sarcastle. Andrew, <laughs> uh, on the runway. Uh, once a pilot even called the airport staff to help her, but by the time they got there, she had vanished. Uh, this next- is all big linen talking, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> now the next one here is Suv- uh, Here we go, Suvarnabhumi Airport in Bangkok, Thailand. Suvarnabhumi is not just a haunted airport, it's actually considered one of the most haunted spots in Thailand, I'd um, love to go to Thailand. I'm just going oh, to say that <laughs> I want to go to Thailand so 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 bad. Um, but before this place was built, it was known as the Cobra Swamp. Um, it was also an ancient burial site. Well, there so, you go. <laughs> exactly. Maybe not a good place, but an airport. But whatever. Remove the headstones, but not the bodies. <laughs> yeah. Now there were strange incidents and fatalities during the construction, uh, and so 99 Thai Buddhist monks had to perform an elaborate exorcism. Uh, At the conclusion of the ceremony, a baggage handler claimed to have been possessed by the guardian of the cemetery, which is kind of crazy, right? What a story. 99 Thai Buddhist monks, 99 red Loof balloons as well. Uh, The final one is in... The United States, Denver International Airport in Denver, of course, there's a uh, lot around this airport, <laughs> a lot yeah. of speculation and also a lot—a really cool airport. If you haven't been to it either, um, it just it looks really neat as you, as you fly in. Um, so Denver uh, International is uh, probably the most famous haunted airport in the world. There were issues with the construction. And do you want to know why? All because it was built on top of a sacred Native American burial ground. Really terrible idea um of course denver attracts more conspiracy crackpots than ghost hunters says this article uh the murals in the airport are kind of weird which makes the illuminati weirdos really unduly excited there's also have you seen like the big blue horse outside yeah
0: i i've read yeah. a lot about the denver airport it's uh it's interesting need, needless
1: to say pretty wacky <laughs> shit isn't it god it's
0: crazy yeah i mean there's even stories of like a whole underground world that lives underneath of the airport that's like supposed to be like where the elite are gonna go when the
1: world ends andrew and maybe 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 you and michael can go there uh, i think we're good <laughs> try to get in anyways i hope that you've enjoyed hearing about five of the most haunted airports in the world
0: Yeah, I guess uh, we'll always know where
1: the ladies in white go. (laughs) I, I hope that I turn into a lady in white in the afterlife.
0: I mean... There's, there's, here's the hoping, you know what I mean? At least people
1: will talk about you
0: still. Fair enough. Um, so I want to talk about the more, the life part of vacation, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I think we've all been on, you know, different kinds of vacations. You know, there's the road trip, there's the, uh, Airbnb, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but then there's the other one, the all inclusive. Now, Maddie, I know you have recently gone to an all inclusive in the last couple of years. Yeah, I will, uh. Never do it again.
1: <laughs> to be
0: completely it's got honest, it, I for me, it's got its place. Uh, it depends on what kind of vacation you want to have. If you're looking for a more just relaxed, chill, maybe find a place that you can just like be there with your significant other or your friends or whatever and rent a house and yeah. maybe just like chill out. Um, I, but I if mean, you're looking for something that's like very party, very uh, lots of people everywhere and you yeah. know you can eat and drink whenever you want, then maybe an all-inclusive is for you. It's got
1: its place for me uh, for sure. I, I think for me, it's just like if, if <laughs> there's one out there, like the one I've only been to the one, right? Right. And what I remember was like, I would order like I would order anything, a drink or food or this or that or whatever. And it just took forever to get anything, and I was like, "Do you want me to go make it myself? Like, I'll I'll just do it. Like, if, if there's got to be a good all inclusive out there that that I that I can go to."
0: I'm wondering if you suffered maybe a little bit from post pandemic, uh, like not having as much help as they probably needed. Because eh, it's it's possible. I've, I've been to that same resort and I did not have that experience,
1: but yeah, I don't know.
0: But anyway, so when you go to these all inclusives, obviously you're surrounded by a lot of people you don't know. They're all on vacation too, they all have their own agendas. But HuffPost put out there the worst couples you meet on these types of vacations. Oh, and I think that we can all kind of relate to at least one of these people and then i'll tell you a a personal story about these kind of people at the end but um the first one is the couple who won't shut up about their kids i think we all know these people they maybe have left their kids for the first time or they have been a slave to their children for a number of years with uh softball games and baseball games and after school specials and blah 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 and they're just getting away for the first time and that's all they have left to talk about is their kids. Yeah. And I think we've all run into these people, unfortunately. Kids are a blessing. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to hear about them.
1: <laughs> like, to be honest, I, just, I don't really care, you know. Especially uh, on a vacation. Uh,
0: yeah for sure um then the next one the perpetually fighting couple disgusting we've have all run into these people on vacation they are the people that get day drunk and then fight all night
1: (laughs) yeah i mean frankly andrew i've been that couple before um and i will never do that again in my life
0: yeah i mean if you're if you can't go on vacation with your significant other and not have a good time there's something wrong with it's a red flag yeah um all right and then uh the third one the old guy and the way younger girl i think we've seen this even the reverse the way older woman with a much younger man it's kind of a stereotype that i don't think we'll ever get away from because it actually exists in the real world yeah um find the number four the excessive pda couple i think we've all seen these people they're very excited to be on vacation and they want to show you
1: everything (laughs) and and i don't want to see it thank you very yeah. much at all and
0: then finally uh something i have some personal experience with uh the older couple looking for a threesome wow yeah we'll just leave it at that you can make up your own story about my experience with <laughs> couples looking for a third <laughs> oh my god um i will tell you uh i i ran into kind of this Complete package. If I'm going to be honest, uh, yeah. we were in. It was our very first vacation together, me and my my uh, my other, my Michael, um, and we went to Puerto Vallarta to a now closed resort. Um, it was a Dreams at the time, if I remember right. Okay. Um, and we went and we were literally like the token gay couple at this resort.
1: Like, oh, my God.
0: Everyone wanted to talk to us. Everyone wanted to know our story, blah, 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 blah. We finally made friends. You know, I put friends in quotation marks because I think that everyone understands like the term vacation friends. Um, and uh, we made couple these two couples uh, from Chicago area suburbs or whatever. And at first, everything was really fun. Like they were just super laid back, super fun, wanted to just eat and drink like we did and you know like lay around and just go on vacation all seems great and then slowly throughout the week because they were there on the same package we were so they were there the whole time that we were Um, slowly throughout the week the the, the shards started coming off and you started to chip away at who these people really were. And yep. I can tell you, by the end of that trip, when we were looking for this woman's husband in the middle of the night because he ran away to go buy weed from someone, what? I was just like, we can't do this anymore. Like, we need to not, not. And then they're like, oh, we should get together in Chicago. And we're like, yes, of course, absolutely.
1: <sighs> Never yeah. saw him again. <laughs> Never. Bye-bye. That is, that's so like... Ugh. <clears throat> That's just big drama that nobody needs. Yeah, I don't know why.
0: I don't know. I think that some people thrive in drama. I'm just not one of those people. I actually like actively stray away from drama as much as possible um i don't know if that's the scorpio in me or what but i just can't
1: deal <laughs> well i mean it's i look i I think there's there's drama that we you know we're always going to deal with some kind of drama in our lives so that's just part of course of it. yeah but like on vacation like no i i don't want to help you look for your husband <laughs> and like <Right. laughs> i wouldn't even like dream of asking somebody to help like i would be i would honestly i would be so embarrassed that i would be i would like i i, I my, my dignity couldn't handle that yeah, yeah. Well, then there, there's another kind of vacation
0: that I, I alluded to a little earlier. And that's kind of like the newest wave of of vacationing. And that's the Airbnb, VRBO, oh, sure. uh, short term rental, however you want to put it. Like that's, you know, kind of the, the newer thing that's been happening in the last, I'd say, what would you say, decade, probably? De- yeah, I would, I would say 10 years. Um, I've done many of these, most of them very successful, uh, you know, for a number of years, a group of my friends, in- including Maddie, uh, rented a cabin, uh, in the winter and it had a hot tub and a fire pit and it was awesome. Um, I've never really had a bad experience with Airbnb or
1: anything. Um, I'm not sure if you have or not. I've, I've had, uh, mostly good experiences. The the only one that was maybe just a little off, uh, was the last one that I had in Hawaii. So I used to go to Hawaii every year, twice a year uh, for work. It was wonderful. I really, really loved going to Hawaii. Um, and I would spend uh, the business time in Honolulu, and then I would go to the North Shore to Haleiwa, which is like my favorite place in the entire world. Um, and Haleiwa was great because it's a beautiful little town, and there's, there's a lot of Airbnbs up there. Um, so you kind of have your pick from like, you know, you can stay in a shack to like a mansion. It's totally up to you. Um, and I found this one with this guy that like, just like seemed like a cool guy. He had a great house right on the ocean. Um, and like, w- like, as soon as I got there, <laughs> like he was just real friendly and, um, and he oh, would, no. like, he like, he like, he like asked me for it. He like, he like saw that I had a pack of cigarettes. He was like, Hey, can I have a cancer stick? And I was like, sure. And he's like, all right, let's go smoke on the fucking deck. And, like, he was just, like, a really intense, like, outdoorsy, really, like, built dude. Like, oh, his name was Ryan. His name was Ryan. Yeah, yeah, And, like, he, like, walked around naked and, like. What? Like, I accidentally walked in on him in the bathroom, like, when he was taking a shower. And he was like, hey, buddy, what's up? Like, just dong hanging, like, hanging around. It was crazy. I don't understand these type of people. Oh, it was wild. <laughs> and then, like, one night he, like, he he took me. And then there was this other couple that was, that was staying there, too. And they were actually really, really cool. So we all got along um but he took us to go by firewood and we had this crazy fire and then he was like let's let's fucking streak down the, the beach and jump in the water and so we all just got naked and like ran into the water it was just, it was a wild time the, the, the that's not even the weird part though the weird part comes in toward the end of my stay it was like the second to last day like apparently somebody else owns the house with him and he didn't he never said that and um like they brought their kid over and so like there was like a kid there like just hanging out and I like I I happened to be like at the house the whole day that day cuz I had to do some work and I told him I was like why like you should have told me there was going to be a kid around that's not really what I was looking for do you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah expectation is everything well, do you want to hear some other Airbnb nightmare Yeah, stories? sure. Tell me. Uh most of these are about the uh what do you call it? The uh I don't know, it's not landlord. What would you call the the not the renter but the rentee like <laughs> um,
1: I guess I mean I guess just the rent like the the, the the person who rents the renter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are um, some problematic renters, if you will. Um, the first one is entitled, and these all come from Logify.com, um, The Flat That Became a Pop-Up Brothel.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I don't like Why? Why?
0: In a time-old tale of trusting your gut instincts, Colin found out the hard way that an Airbnb guest who wanted to pay cash rather than going through the website's secure system should have been a red flag from the beginning. Uh, a quick Google of the guests' names led Colin to discover they were actually high-profile escorts who had been using the property with their clients. Upon arrival, he found empty wine and Prosecco bottles along with used condoms and wrappers overflowing in the oh, bin. Oh! uh he suspects that the escorts made a grand total of about five 000 euro during their two night stay jesus christ in his 85 uh, euro a night rental so hey. they i mean you know sex work is real work so yeah, sex work is work
1: baby i mean go out there and do it now i'm <laughs> sure that airbnb has probably included a clause now to be like you can't conduct business or whatever something yeah like, something i think like that, that
0: they've I think they've had to learn the hard way over their uh, decade span of how, what they accept. <laughs> um, the next one, the should have known new year's disaster. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, when Ricky camp Ricky, not Ricky. Why did I say Ricky? <laughs> um, when Ricky Campbell booked Christina McQuillan's London apartment for a new year's celebrations. That's your, come on people. We all know that people get stupid on New Year's Like terrible idea. Um, The host didn't think twice before accepting. A few hours and a few thousand pounds worth of damage later, neighbors called McQuillan to warn her of a hundred-strong party (gasps) that was happening in her London home. As well as leaving the stench of cannabis behind, the partygoers also managed to rip
1: floorboards up and pull a television off the wall. (laughs) Why would you even... Like, what's the point of that? Like, why do you pull up a floorboard? For what? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, all I'll say is that I did. I
0: have had many a Halloween parties at a uh, at a house that is very infamous in in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Girls with their high heels will cause a lot of damage. (laughs) Oh, that (laughs) is absolutely true. Yes. um, The Airbnb guests that refuse to leave. (laughs) Oh, my God. Corey rented her vacation rental apartment in Palm Springs to two brothers for six weeks. Wow, that's a lot of money. That's a long time. Um, The booking process went smoothly and everything seemed normal. However, they refused to check out. Um, They actually cited California tenants' rights, which made it difficult to evict them. And after 30 days without having to pay a relocation fee... Uh, fortunately the Passionin brothers quit, left quietly in the night after 2 months without any damages thanks to a firestorm of publicity and the help of the couple of uh, and the help of a couple of lawyers uh, wow. and Airbnb actually did offer to pick up the uh, legal fees for this one so oh, that's crazy Um tenants rights is really weird um I coming from being a landlord I was a landlord for Um, like ten years uh, when I owned my house, Uh, I owned my house and rented it, Uh, and I. It's a difficult process. Don't ever become a landlord because it's really weird, and the legal system that supports both ends of it, both the rental, you know, the people that are renting and the landlords, is so screwy that it is not worth your time. I know it seems like a. Uh, an easy way to make some side money, but it will engulf your entire life. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So this next one is entitled the smell of death.
1: Oh my God. Jesus.
0: (laughs) Um, owners who rented out their cabin to five young adults came back to a disgusting smell of death. The only thing they found to this, the way that this is phrased is so strange. The only thing they found to explain the special smell was six dead deer underneath the house. Oh my God. (laughs) Like, is this a ritual sacrifice? Oh Oh my God. (laughs) All right. And finally the last one, which I think we've all kind of had. Um, after watching movies like The Rental, and um, you know, there's a couple of other movies that kind of cover, you know, Superhost is one of them. What was the one is,
1: the 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 recent one with the guy from uh Downton Abbey? Uh that's the rental. That's the yeah. rental. Man, yeah. I'll I'll talk about that later. Go ahead.
0: Um, so I think we've all suffered from a little bit of paranoia. Like what um this is not a uh business sanctioned house, you know, it's not a hotel. It's 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 run by an individual and who knows what they're watching. Uh one paranoid patron, uh one guest in particular, was extremely paranoid that her Airbnb had hidden cameras throughout the unit. Despite the hosts being live in, uh so they were Also there, um, her fears could not be swayed. According to a Reddit user, um, uh, H. Twatter is the Reddit, that's the weirdest screen name I've ever seen, but um, quote, she dismantled the lighting fixtures, picture frames, medicine cabinets, remote controls, etc., they were live rent. They were living hosts renting out the main part of their home. She also depotted plants, removed smoke detectors, hid all the refrigerator magnets, and destroyed her own cell phone. <laughs>
1: Jesus.
0: So yeah, that um, that's, that's the a interesting side. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like we said, we haven't had any bad experiences. Uh, we've had one really weird experience in Honduras that we won't go into.
1: Oh, my God. Um, oh, my but... God. That, <laughs> oh, that experience, Jesus Christ, was awful. Uh, but, yeah. I will, we, I will say I'm very excited because for my 40th we're birthday. We're going on vacation. Yeah. Yes. For <laughs> um, So it's my 40th birthday in August, and um, I got a, a VRBO in Rome for... Uh, Andrew and Michael and and a few other friends are coming into it's going to be such a nice time um and it's a nice place and you know it, what's what's cool about it too is that it's just like it's just right in the city and Rome there's just so much to do and it's such such a lovely place so i'm be really looking eight. forward to that It'll be my first vacation in three years. So
0: yeah. I'm very looking forward to getting away and having some fun and drinking some wine. And yes. Walking around and yeah. touring and you you just doing have, all the things.
1: You're going to have the best wine like you've ever had before. Oh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm like counting the days, of course. And I'm going to be 40, which is also a bit terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> um, listen, Andrew, that's it for our Horror in Real Life segment. Um. Why don't we take a little break, get some water or s- whatever you like to drink, and then we'll come back with what you've been watching, bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
0: Welcome back. It's time for what you've been watching, you rental bitch. What you've been watching, bitch. In this part of the show, we literally just talk about what we've been watching and whether we recommend it or recommend you stay away from it. Maddie, tell me what you've been watching,
1: bitch. Oh yes, here it comes. I want to start. So this week, I've got um, I've got too bad and too good. I usually bring only good, <laughs> um. But so here, I'll do the bad ones first. Uh, the first one is The Dark Tower on amazon prime is this the
0: movie that came out a couple of years ago with idris elba
1: yeah yeah okay. have you seen I it I've not watched this no i have not <sighs> watched.
0: even though i'm like a huge stephen king person i just have not gotten around to this one because i heard bad uh, things about it and
1: i'm, I'm andrew I'm thinking that you're gonna hear okay. the same thing it's not good and you know like i i was talking on twitter about this last week because i mean look it's the dark tower it's stephen king idris elba matthew mcconaughey a bunch of other you know great people working on it um uh, it, it's, it's sort of like an embarrassment of riches when it comes down to this movie. And somehow the thing that got me about it is that every single scene, like no matter what, what the, what the climax is, or no matter what the tension is, no matter what anything falls so incredibly flat. It's just flat oh, scene sucks after flat scene after flat scene. And you're like, how is this even possible right now? It, it's just, it's, it seems strange when you watch it. Um, I I really didn't like it, and I just I felt awful because I I wanted to like it so bad, and it just it, it was really not good. So um, I say a big not recommended <laughs> for Dark Tower on Amazon Prime.
0: Xnay on the Tower Dark. Yeah. <laughs> My first one it comes to us from Disney Plus. Uh, this was kind of one that kind of like went. It, it came and then like no fanfare. I felt like around it at all, which I was really surprised. Um, but it, it it's. I would say it's not a kids' movie, but it's not an adult movie either. Interesting. I mean, take it for what it is. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. This is the new movie that is the, uh, I guess you'd say, continuation of the story. Chippendale
1: Rescue Rangers. There's a great, you got to
0: listen to the cover that they did for the uh, movie. It's actually. Oh, hell yeah of that, of that song. Um, but this is set in kind of like a Roger rabbit universe where huh, okay. like, where like humans and cartoons are all kind of living in the same world. Um, and it's kind of like the story. It, it's funny because like chip, I forget which one's, which if I'm being totally honest, chip is actually like 3d animated and okay. Dale is actually like flat animated. Huh. Um, because, uh, you know, he says that he got the CGI work done. So <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny, but I um, love that. Uh, Um, it's got like a ton of characters that you would never expect. I mean, like flounder from little mermaid shows up, um, other, other rescue rangers show up. There's just like a ton of stuff going on here that if you're a child of our age, so I would say anywhere from like probably at this point, 33 to 43, a lot of these cartoons are going to look familiar to you. And what they do is they set up this like fictional story about these cartoons being, um, abducted and then sold overseas to like star in like um like b movies of their movie you know what i mean so like flounder is stolen to be put in the uh the the, the remake in china called like the uh the woman with a tail or something like that oh, interesting it's just, like, ripoffs of like their actual stories but um you gotta watch this because it's just so damn clever i mean I will. you will just tell that everyone that was involved with this was like, they just—they knew what they were doing. It's really smartly written. It's super fun, and if you've been itching for like a Roger Rabbit fix, which honestly I don't know how another Roger Rabbit has not been
1: made at this point, I love Roger Rabbit so um, good.
0: you're going to love this this kind of like style in this universe. So I would highly encourage you watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus.
1: That's exciting. I used I used to when I was a kid. I loved that cartoon. So you
0: will uh, love this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: I'm glad to hear that it's good. Good. Um, the next one that I watched. Uh, was was only on Netflix have you heard about this one no I actually don't even know what this is at all uh, so it is um, it, it's it's a it's a it's a virus story that came out like just before the pandemic so you can imagine how that went down right yeah <laughs> um, it came out in 2019 and I think near the end of the year too which is probably why a lot of people just didn't really like you know watch it or anything. Um it's on Netflix though. Um, look, it's it's got a pretty a pretty good cast. Uh Leslie Odom Jr. is in it, you know, of, of Hamilton fame, of course. Um, a couple of other people. Um, so this is about uh, you know, in in recent not in recent, in the near future, a comet, um, it's it sort of, you know, it's it's on its trajectory to you know pass by Earth as as comets do. And this particular comet, when it when it flies over the earth. Uh, like lets off this ash or something and it like makes a virus and the virus kills women in the world. Right. Um, so, you know, I, despite the pandemic, I actually really love apocalyptic movies like this. Right. I, I love, you know, like I can't think of their names right now, but any sort of like virusy movie, I'm generally pretty into it. This one, however, uh was not very good. <laughs> and um f- I, I think for me the main problem was a bit of the casting. Like le- I think Leslie Odom Jr. is a really great actor. The 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 girl, the, the woman that was cast, Frida Pinto, um, who who plays his like kind of wife, but kind of not wife. It's hard to tell. Um uh she's she's just she's not my thing. <laughs> like it didn't, they didn't work, it didn't work. And because it didn't work, the rest of the movie didn't work for me. Now, look, it may be different for you. Who knows? Maybe you like this person. Um, I'm sure she's a very nice person. I just didn't like watching her in this movie. Um, so <laughs> that one, uh, it didn't work for me. Um, also, some of the music in it was kind of cheesy. And I don't know. It just, uh, I wanted it to be good. I like Leslie. Yeah. So yeah, there's that one. It's called Only on Netflix. I also do not recommend.
0: So my next one, um, I finally went back to Shudder after like a three-month hiatus of just like not checking out Shudder because I just, I don't know. There's just like, Please, I don't know if you feel this way. I've, I've kind of been the same way recently, to be honest. I mean, there's just been like a an overflow of riches when it comes to content. And I just kind of forgot about Shudder for a second, but... Um, I saw that there was a new movie on there that starred one of my happy endings people, Alicia Cuthbert. So I had to go check it out. Um, it's called The Cellar. It's one of the newer movies on Shudder. Uh, good idea. not. I can't recommend at the yeah. end of the day, if I'm being honest. Um, it's It's got a really good opener. So it's about these people who it's actually set in Ireland. Um, Andrew, Andrew,
1: is this a, a Shudder original? It is. Okay.
0: Um, it's actually set in Ireland it's about oh, this family okay. that
1: moves into
0: an old house you know time is you know the story is old as time sure. um but um i guess the guy who lived there before was a very uh prophetic um uh philosopher and like used uh physics and math and like was really big into that and um, uh and the the oldest daughter who is the worst human being uh, on screen i've seen in a while she's just very Teenagery, if that's the you know the way that you want to say it. Oh dear, um, she mm-hmm. actually goes missing um, while on. She's actually on the phone with her mom. This is all in the trailer, so you don't have to worry about any spoilers. Sure, but. Sure, um, sure. Uh, She's on the phone with her mom. The electricity has gone out in the house. It's alluded to that her parents work a lot, so they're home alone a lot, um, which is fine because the kid's like, she's probably like 17, and the other kid's probably like 10 or 11. Um, So like a babysitter situation is fine. But um, the the electricity goes out, and her mom tells her, you have to go down to the cellar to get the fuse box, of course, you know, as you do. And um, she says, you know, there's 10 steps down to the bottom of the cellar, and she's on the phone with her daughter, and she's like, I'll count them down for you. Because her daughter got trapped in the cellar, in the cellar once before at the very beginning of the movie so she's kind of freaked out about the cellar and um she's like there's 10 steps i'll count them down with you 10 9 8 or i'm sorry it goes 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 and then she's like okay you made it and then the daughter keeps going 11 12 13 oh that's kind of creepy though and that's what I mean. This movie is set up huh. really fucking good, and the atmosphere is really good. Um, you have to watch this at night because it is such a dark movie. Okay. Um, we tried watching it during the day, and it was just so dark that you couldn't. You couldn't like you just literally. Yeah. Couldn't. Um. But that's what I mean. The setup is so good, and that scene alone like had me super creeped out. Um. But I think that the movie just fizzles a little bit from there. That's. The acting's fine. I've definitely seen Alicia Cuthbert be better in things. I don't know if she's very. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't think she's very believable as a mom. I think she's a much better comedic actress uh, than this kind of like serious actress. Yeah. Um. That's just like her lane. I think. Um. But over overall, I just I couldn't get on board with it. And it goes places that is interesting. But like, I feel like it's better served as like a short story than like a full-length movie, if that makes any sense.
1: See, no, th- th- just to kind of riff on Shudder for a moment, right? Like, we, look, we love Shudder. Like, how how cool is it that there's this amazing, you know, streaming network specifically for the genre that we all love? Absolutely love it. Um, also, there is one here called Horror Channel on Virgin, which is by far the worst network you could possibly imagine because they literally don't show any horror films, which is kind of funny. Um, they, like, they pretty much just play Star Trek all day long. Um, oh my any- God. <laughs> anyways... Um, Shudder originals, um, you know, I wonder sometimes if that's the reason why I don't go on Shudder very much anymore, because look, once again, I love Shudder and Shudder does a lot of things really, really well. Um, for example, the documentaries, every documentary on Shudder, I fucking love. I I think they're amazing. They are truly informative. They're entertaining. It's great stuff. When they get the classics on there, it's wonderful. They've done some really great queer stuff on there, right? They, they, they do good at, at curating those things. The shutter originals, though, for me, they almost always fail. Like they just they tend not to work with what I like. Um, and I you know, it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that, it's a lot of what you were talking about right there. I don't know. How do you feel?
0: Yeah, it's it's very hit or miss. I mean, we've had great movies like Revenge and yeah. uh, we've had great movies like uh Spiral, we have both really liked. Yeah, I love
1: Spiral. Um,
0: but it, it's very because they're trying to uh and I I I think that this is kind of maybe where they are maybe needing to switch things up is they're trying to release something new every week so it's it's just kind of like holy shit is there even enough content out there to be able to release something every week i think maybe they need to do like once monthly so that they can curate really good stuff rather than just releasing stuff over and over
1: yeah and take your time with it it's just yeah i i totally agree with you on this um my next one, let's get to the good ones now, right? For me. Um uh, my next one is uh I'll do this one first. I'll do Top Gun. So I didn't see the new one yet. I do really want to see it. Um but I rewatched it cuz it was on demand, the 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 original Top Gun. And I got to tell you, I love this movie. And there are so many reasons why I should not love this movie. <laughs> But I it's love very this movie. Weird. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think it's just a bit of nostalgia, you know. I mean, like, look, it's it's going back to my childhood watching this, and like, there, it, like, I I really hate rah rah American shit. I fucking hate it. But for whatever reason, I like it in this movie, and like, it like so much of this movie makes no sense at all. But Tom Cruise is so cute, and all the other guys are cute. I just it's and it's fun. And Val Kilmer looks like a normal person, unlike now um it's just it's a great movie i i, I can't cavell about top gun enough if you are a person who has not seen the original top gun you should go see top gun motherfucker is good and I, i'm going to see the new one hopefully this week in the theater
0: i'll tell you what uh play a drinking game every time they play take my breath away or the music yeah. from it take a drink and you'll be oh <laughs> satisfied so, right it's so good
1: anyways there's there's there's, there's my third one
0: cool uh top Gun, a movie from 45 years ago
1: (laughs) i know right
0: exactly (laughs) um no my next one is a season two of hacks uh hacks is back i think that you brought hacks to us uh for the first season so Uh, good so when it when it premiered uh i went back and watched it over the course of i don't know when it was on demand i just watched the whole first season i think probably in like two sittings um and then now it's back for season two and honestly they have not missed a beat yes i I don't I don't know how actors do this sometimes where they take, you know, because the the production of this really is like a year in between kind of when they did the first season and when they did sure. the, kind of the second season, just because of delays of, of COVID and everything. But the way that they just pick up right from where they left off, literally it's like the next day, like when they pick up that season yeah. two, it is just amazing to me that they can just like pick up these characters and just keep going with them because they're so smartly written. They're so smartly acted. Hello, Gene, smart. Hello.
1: Um,
0: But it's just, it's so good. If you have not checked out hacks, they're literally like 30 minute episodes. You can get through them so quickly. I think there's only like eight episodes a season. It is so smart. It is so dry. It is so witty. And I just, I can't say enough good things. I'm so glad that you brought it up because I don't know if I ever would have given it a chance if you um, didn't bring it up on what you've been watching, bitch. So oh, thank you, first of all,
1: man. Oh, you're welcome. That's so good to hear. Um, yeah, I uh, I adore the first season, as you well know. Um, and I have not had a chance to watch the new one yet because it's going to take just a, probably another couple of weeks for it to air here. But I cannot fucking wait. It's just oh, it's such a good show. Such a good show. It's so good. Um, my final one is Spiderhead on netflix <laughs> stupidest this um, fucking title i've ever heard well so do you know why it's called that <laughs> no i have not watched it yet sorry oh so, uh number one highly recommend this is a great little movie right here um but number two it is from a short story by the uh the novelist and amazing short story writer uh george saunders George Saunders wrote a book of short stories called 10th of December. One of the stories in it is called Escape from Spiderhead. If you don't know George Saunders and you're a horror person, let me tell you, start reading George Saunders. You will love him. You'll absolutely love oh, cool. him. Oh, cool. Good sp- recommendation. He's so, 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 so good. I actually saw him live um, in uh, in Chicago. Um, in what 2018, I believe, uh, when he released one of his new books, I saw him at the Music Box Theater. Got to meet him. Got him to sign a book. It was really neat. Anyways, um, Spiderhead uh, stars Chris Hemsworth and um, Miles Teller, and that's pretty much all the names that you really know know. Um, and uh, it's about this prison. That's this. It, it's kind of like this big, beautiful prison. These prisoners get like whatever they want. They're right on the water. They can't leave. But they are in this amazing sort of like beautiful prison. The only catch is that Chris Hemsworth's character, who's a doctor, gets to perform experiments on them. And so these experiments all involve injections of different types of fluid that make you do certain things. Um, And so it's kind of wild. I'm not going to give you anything else from there um, because I don't want to spoil things. But I will say it is a great movie. I highly recommend it. I had a lot of fun watching it, especially as somebody who had read the story before. Um, and that's it it's good spiderhead that's, that's yeah. good to hear because I, I saw the preview for it and I was
0: kind of like on the fence you know what I mean yeah, just sure. like the way that the the uh, trailer was cut and everything it just was like uh, maybe I'll watch it I'm not sure so now that I have your recommendation maybe I will go ahead and check out spiderhead Woo-hoo. even though I still think that's a really bad high title. oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: all
0: right my last one um, is love Victor the final season unfortunately um, I, I think that, it. We've, yeah, that makes
1: me really sad though
0: I think that we've brought up Love Victor probably every season on, you know, that it's been yeah. on, on this show. Um, I don't know. There's just something so special about this cast and how they um, evolve the story beyond just Victor. Yeah. Um, that it's just, it's a really special show. And if you haven't watched it and, you know, you're, you're, um, a member of the queer community or not? Because literally, the story is about this whole friend group. At the end of the day, yeah. and each one of them have their own story, and each one of them have their own arc. And I don't know. I don't know if you have. Have you had a chance to watch
1: the third season yet? I, I not yet. I actually didn't even realize that it was out. If I'm being honest with you
0: yeah so uh basically when we were left at the end of season two uh victor was forced to make a choice between two different suitors uh one was like kind of the uh he thought was just a friend but maybe could be more and then one was his like kind of like short-term boyfriend at the time who you're kind of like i don't know you're kind of like rooting for them when you when it comes down to like the show's Uh, dynamic is he benji yes
1: yeah yeah oh my god he's so cute too jesus christ
0: um and so it picks up at season 3 you find out who he's kind of at the door with at the end of season 2 and then it kind of just continues the story from there um I we we watched this in probably two sittings it's super easy bingeable yeah show like it, you can't not go wrong it's it's like it one one ends you just want to keep going but i i just think that they were really smart to move on from just victor and to include his sister to include his friend to include the girl that he dated when he was you know quote unquote straight and just to continue to evolve That's those fair. characters too and giving them their own arcs i can't say enough good things about love victor i know that you talked about Heartstopper before i still have not watched it i will oh you gotta promise. watch it um but uh love victor for me was just such like a i don't know it was just it hit just such a sweet spot for me with yeah. the, the cast and the story they were telling that i'm really sad that it's over <laughs> but i'm really happy they got to tell the story they did if yeah. that makes any sense
1: i didn't know it was the final season <clears throat> so that makes me really sad too um i you know i i, I loved love simon when the movie came out Um, and I, I still cry watching that movie and I, I still watch that movie, you know, like over and over again, still. Yeah. The dad
0: conversation can never not make you cry.
1: (laughs) I'm going to start crying and think about it right now. Um, but you know, love Victor was also just wonderful. Um, I'm, it's probably going to be what I watch tonight after we're done here. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that it's over, but like once again, back to, you know, just all these things that kids have now and that we have now, we shouldn't just say kids we we all have these wonderful stories like love victor like heartstopper you know like like some other great films that are coming out that are lovely beautiful queer stories you know where 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 it's positive and good things happen to people and you know they go through life it's just it's really lovely i'm just glad that that amidst all the other bullshit that we have to deal with I'm glad that there's something nice that we can have, yeah. too. Do you know?
0: And I will say that they do, like, wrap up Victor's story. So it's nice to see. You know oh, what I mean? Good. It didn't go on too long.
1: That's good. <clears throat> well, in this edition of What You've Been Watching, Bitch, Andrew brought us Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers on Disney+, Plus, The Seller on Shudder, Hacks on HBO Max or On Demand in uh, Europe, Love, Victor, The Final Season on Hulu or on Disney+, Plus for me. And
0: Maddie brought us the Dark Tower, which you can currently stream or don't
1: maybe honest,
0: <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Um only on Netflix, Top Gun. Yes, the original on <laughs> I guess is on demand again. Yeah. And uh, Take My Breath Away. Uh, and the finally, Spiderhead from Netflix.
1: Cool. Well, listen, we've got two really... I'm excited to talk about these movies next, Andrew, because I think they're ones that we both like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have fun talking about them. So take a little break, and we'll be right back with our first film, The River Wild.
0: People don't do the gauntlet anymore. Have you ever done it? Oh, yeah, listen, I ran the gauntlet once when I was 18 and completely insane. But I was with two other guides,
1: experienced guides, and we were just lucky. There were two other people that summer who did not get so lucky. One guy got killed, and the other is paralyzed for life. But don't
0: worry. hit some threes and four pluses you're gonna scream your guts out you'll love it we are gonna risk death a number of times on this trip
1: make sure you have your life vests on because we're going down the river wild andrew tell us about it
0: the vacation is over While on a family vacation, rafting expert Gail takes on a pair of armed killers while navigating a spectacularly violent river. The River Wild is directed by Curtis Hansen, written by Dennis O'Neill. Production company and distribution was handled by Universal. Gail Hartman is played by, first time on the podcast, Meryl Streep. Rourke Hartman played by Joseph Mazzello. Tom Hartman played by David Strathern. Wade played by Kevin Bacon a, a promising return to the to the podcast <laughs> um, Terry is played by John C Riley which I forgot all about yeah right? um, Ranger Johnny shows up as a cute little button of Benjamin Bratt and Maggie the dog is played by Buffy the dog uh rated PG13 this was released on September 30th of 1994 comes in at a, a, a 111 minutes it was the locations were Montana Boston, kind of uh, all over the place a little bit in Oregon Um, and the budget was 45 million which seems like a lot but um, the gross was 94.2 so it definitely turned out okay for the River Wild Maddie tell me all about your experience Uh, I'm guessing you'd seen this movie before oh yeah um we'll see if people gang up on us to say this isn't a horror movie but in my opinion it's Look, pretty horrific what happens to these people so
1: and and also like we we've talked about this before i don't care what you think horror is <laughs> i i just really don't care um i mean them you know what i mean um <laughs> yes yeah, of course well i just yeah. You know, i think i think horror can be whatever you want so you don't like it i mean fuck think
0: off. about the think about the premise of this movie this family is on a family rafting vacation and get abducted by two uh killers and are hold held at gunpoint for an
1: hour and a half if you don't think yeah. that that's core <laughs> i don't know what to tell you exactly <laughs> right um anyways look uh river wild i love the river wild um it has a, a fantastic cast i mean that's why the budget is there right i mean you've got oh yeah that makes sense. you've got meryl streep you've got david strathairn you've got you even have joseph Mazzello. and why is joseph Mazzello important because he was the kid in jurassic park so by the time that this role came along for him even as a kid he was making big money then you know you've got kevin bacon you've got john c (laughs) C. Riley. like there's big names in this and those people command a big fee of course yeah Um, there's not a small
0: person in this movie no even the even the grandma is played by the same grandma as uh dante's
1: peak later in the 90s um so yeah look i I think river wild has a little bit of everything you know it's got Um, it's got, uh, it's got a marriage issue. It's got killers. It's got, you know, a kid figuring out who his dad is. It's got, um, you know, sort of people like, like overcoming, you know, incredible obstacles and, you know, proving that they're really, you know, good people and they're strong and blah, 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 whatever. Um, it's exciting. It's got a really good dog. It's (laughs) It's got a great dog. I mean, it is cool to watch them, you know, on these real, obviously real rivers, like fucking doing the shit. That's neat. Um, there's just, there's a lot going for this movie and it gives you a lot back. And, um, I think that it's, uh, it's one of the better thrillers really out there. Um, you know, th- there, there's a lot of little, uh, little funny things in here that I, that I think are cool too. Like, um, there happens to be like this weird Chicago connection in the writing. And I didn't have enough time to really research. It's it's a busy Pride weekend, right? Um, But um, if you'll if you remember, um, he gives him a he gives him a lollapalooza hat. Do you remember that? Yeah, Uh yeah. And so there's that part of it. There's a little Chicago connection. But then also, um, you know, he talks. He the, the kid that Joseph Mazzello plays. What is it, Rourke? Yeah, Rourke. Rourke becomes buddy buddy with Kevin Bacon's character which is a foil to Rourke's relationship with his father, of course. Um, And in the course of it, they talk about music a lot. Another thing that was a a little Chicago thing um, is that they talk about the band Ministry, who I bet you probably don't know. I don't think it's your type of music. But Ministry is like industrial, hardcore music. I love Ministry. I actually saw them live in 2019 um, fantastic band, but also a Chicago band to the fucking core. And so oh, cool. w- when, when they mentioned that, I was like, huh, Lollapalooza, um, ministry, ministry, like there's got to be a Chicago connection in here somewhere. I don't know. Where I'm wondering is. if it's Dennis O'Neill, the writer. Maybe. It could be. Yeah. And I, you know, I tried to look into <laughs> him a little bit, but I didn't see a whole lot, but that's probably what it was. Anyways, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but it was really fun to just even see the little tiny things like that. Um, I love Joseph Mazzello. I think that kid was just such a good actor. Um, he was fucking great in Jurassic park. Are you kidding me? And I think he's really good in this movie too. At, at, you know, playing sort of a difficult role he's an annoying kid when he's being mean to his dad right yeah yeah. and like you know we as adults now who know the burdens of adulthood um like we're rooting for the dad a little bit at least i was were you
0: not at first, I yeah. will say. Like I was like kind of like I, I listen. Sure. I had probably yeah. I had probably not seen this movie in like ten years, so I didn't really remember the marital problem. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. The, part of yeah. the movie because it's kind of like it's kind of at the beginning, and then it kind of takes a backseat to everything else until yeah. like, kind of like the the big action happens. um But at first, I was like, "Why is this guy such a dick?" Like. Yeah. But he, he obviously he goes through his own transformation and you end up loving him by the end. Yeah. Um. But I, I just to kind of go off of your uh, Joseph Mazzello uh, uh, line. One of my favorite parts. One of my favorite lines of the movie is where it's at the very beginning where he is going to get the map and the tags for the the the, the raft. Sure. And he, he trips and Kevin Bacon like helps him up and he's like, hey, are you OK? And he just goes, yeah, I just got to get better. Or I just got to get new feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Yes. Yes, it's just like such a weird line, but it was just like it made me. It That's made me funny. chuckle. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You know, I I, um, I did see that the sorry, go Jerry Gold Jerry Goldsmith did the did the score for this, yeah. which I was like, oh, so typical of like the mid '90s, to totally. a, a Goldsmith score. But anyway, what were you
1: about to say? Um, I was just gonna say about the dad. Another thing about the dad. Um, boy, wasn't he incredibly, uh, athletic for somebody that you don't think is going to be athletic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Who who does like architectural drawings for a living? (laughs) And like suddenly for an outdoorsy guy, wow, you are literally free climbing a mountain. Um, I mean, I will say he does fall. So (laughs) But even still like, holy shit. And the dude can swim too. My God. Yeah, I did I did find his
0: like um I don't want to skip to the end too quick, but yeah. I did find his like uh his trap at the end to be specifically very complicated. <laughs> yeah, my god, yes. But um, so you know, this story really is about a family dynamic. Um, obviously, I had completely forgotten that they had a daughter. I did not remember yeah, that. Yeah. Um, she kind of goes away at the very beginning of the movie to her grandparents. Um, I have forgotten that they introduced sign language as kind of yeah. a uh, a device to continue the movie because later on, when they're tied up, they're able to communicate using sign language. So I thought that that was really nice to see in like the mid '90s, a like positive depiction of. Come Um, um, I I, I did note the Lollapalooza hat because I thought that was funny. Um, One thing when I was watching this, and just speaking of Jurassic Park, when I was watching this, I was like, you know, Laura Dern could have done this same like. They could have been interchangeable, in my opinion. Probably with Meryl Streep. Yeah, just some of her mannerisms and some of the things that they they do. It just reminded me of Laura Dern. Not I get that Meryl that. Streep. Not that Meryl Streep does a bad job. I just she. This is not a typical role for her.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I don't think it is either. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think it's I think it's extremely atypical. Um, to the point that it all it, that it could have failed. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it could have it could have been a failure of you know, people going to this movie and expecting Meryl Streep to do one thing and then she does another. And, and the good thing is that that doesn't happen, right? She, she is, uh, she's obviously a really great actress. She knows how to do it. And so you, you really see her skill at play in this movie that you think, that could almost be a throwaway movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. It's, no. She has two specific,
0: two specific monologues that are really, really good. She yeah. has the one where she talks about how she's gonna. My one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is where she just looks at Kevin Bacon and is like, "I am gonna kill you." Oh, it's <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Um and then her other one is where she is basically like whisper begging to Kevin Bacon yeah. to not make her go down the gauntlet just because like everything she has is in this boat and everything she has is waiting for them it's at so the, well I forget done. what the I forget what the little bridal bridal creek, that, yep, bridal yeah, creek yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he basically just like shrugs her off, but there's just, it's such a good moment because you expect the moment to be like loud and boisterous and like very over the top. But the way she plays it as kind of like, I don't want my family to hear this, but I'm really concerned about what we're about to do. And I need to tell you. Is just so masterfully done by her. So I definitely don't want to. Um, I definitely don't want to say anything bad about Meryl Streep whatsoever because she does a great job. It just in some of the times that she's put in action, it just reminded me of Laura Dern. If that yeah. makes
1: any sense, I think that makes total sense. Absolutely.
0: Um, some of the main uh, pat, like points of the movie obviously were on the river. They run into Wade and who's John C. Riley's name again? Terry. Uh, Terry. Um, and we find out later that they have robbed a livestock auction, which yeah. I was like, "Well, that's kind of a weird." I
1: don't <laughs> well, know. Is it... <laughs> well, the the reason why is because there's so much money? So you know, when when um like people ranchers in places like Montana or Wyoming, um they're they're really rich fucking people, and they're rich because the cattle that they raise, or you know whatever the, the animal might be they fetch fucking tons of fucking money. Cause I mean like, you know, like your, your big restaurants are buying these fuckers. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a great thing to rob because they knew that there would be a ton of cash just right there. And they did it.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because uh, at the beginning of the movie, before you kind of understand the full story with uh, Kevin Bacon, and yeah. John C. Riley um, is it, this movie is kind of played off as like a romantic comedy like a little bit places. yeah yeah like when they first meet there's like a kind of a, a rapid uh, uh you know uh, a back and forth between uh Wade and and Gale that you're kind of like will they won't they i don't know um and he even has a moment where he's he's kind of cornered her and he's uh, and he's like and she basically says i have kids and a husband and he's like what if you didn't and then she's yeah. like but i do and so you know there's kind of like a will they won't they moment and then obviously after they kind of dispatch of their their third guy who i i'm from what i understand in the movie he was injured and that's why they bought the first aid kits um, yeah. he maybe he maybe got shot in the robbery or something like that um, and he was supposed to be their guide down the river and they end up having to either, I don't, I wasn't sure if he just expired or if they
1: were forced to kill him. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that if, if the movie has any weak point in it, it's probably that, right? Just yeah. because we don't really know what happened there at all. Yeah. And I will say like, that's,
0: and that's the only thing where I feel like this could be ratcheted up a bit as if the. If the um, stakes were higher, because I I don't think that during the movie, we thought any of our main players would actually die. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that we all had it in the back of our head that maybe the dog would die. Sure. Um, But I don't think that I ever felt like they were in more danger than the movie wanted me to believe. Fair enough. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, makes sense.
0: I think if they redid a movie like this nowadays I think that there would be have to be maybe another character that was along that actually does die because the 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 death that we do get later in the movie is an ancillary character that you barely know um, with Johnny.
1: And he is so cute too, isn't he? Oh
0: my gosh. When Benjamin Bratt shows up and he is looking (laughs) so fresh and so young and and he's in that
1: fresh fucking face, this this fresh little baby. You just want to, I want to eat him literally.
0: And and he's dressed up as a park ranger. So Uh, obviously like uniform, it just does things to you. I'll tell you (laughs) that that
1: reminds me of uh, of a good porn about camping that I watched. I'll send it over to you.
0: Um, but and he's like really the only one that actually, besides you know, our, our villain that gets killed, which is Course. really sad because they set up a relationship between him and Gail that he actually that she actually babysat him when yeah. he was a kid. And so it's really sad when he's like and not to mention he's the only
1: person of color in the movie. And which they also talk about, right? I because know. Kevin Bacon, when he first meets him, like just rips into this dude and says, from what I understand it's uh, even worse than being a black person in this country to be an, an Indian or whatever he says. Like, holy shit. Yeah, like, it's not great. Woo! Um, I, I, I guess, like, it's not even a weak point. Like, maybe it's like a half It's a, a product point. of a time. Yeah. No, 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 no not, not that part. What I mean is this, is that, like, there were definitely a whole bunch of signs that something was obviously very wrong here. Um, maybe Johnny could have done more you know god bless him but look he did what he did yeah he's not he's not super observant
0: that yeah one. bless um, him he's just cute. It, it is like wildly apparent that they're at gunpoint when they're having their yeah. first like interaction and <laughs> everyone is so uncomfortable um but that's i i guess i would agree with you i think that maybe his character is uh i don't want to say the weak point of the movie because i i will yeah, refuse that it's definitely but, not uh, that yeah yeah, but it's definitely like the the underdeveloped character that's, of the That's that's a good
1: way to think about it. I I totally agree.
0: Um and then we you know we learn that Gail grew up around these parts and she's done the gauntlet before but the gauntlet is now shut down for safety reasons because it's just it's they the way they explain it it's where three rivers uh converge and so it It kind of creates like a almost like a what would you call that? Like a a whirlpool. Like yeah, yeah, like a whirlpool. Um and so it's just they don't go down anymore. They they stop people from going down there. I don't know if they stop everyone from going down there. They specifically say they stop rafters from going down there. Sure. Um, So I don't know what the whole story is there, but it seems like it's abandoned because when we get to the end, there's like a bunch of like junk and like old mining stuff that's there that the dad uses to kind of upend the boat. Um, I will say that I I do appreciate and I can't believe that I I really can't believe that Wade didn't shoot one of them. I mean, he tries to shoot the dad eventually, but um, because there are so many moments where they try to get away.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) So many times.
0: Like she hits him with the oar, he goes overboard. We discover that Wade can't swim. Um, I did like that moment. It did it was a lot more tense than I remembered. Uh before kind of the the pin drop, Wade does go overboard on accident and uh the dad jumps in to help save him, but Wade is can't swim, so he panics, and you do get this moment of like, holy shit, are they both gonna drown? Yeah, like for real. Um, And then he has to like knock him out to basically stop him from panicking. Uh, And then later in the in the scene, you know, he's like, you know, you didn't have to hit me. Yeah, he says like with a smiley face and the dad's like, yeah, actually, I did. And it sets up kind of a, a dynamic for those two characters kind of going forward. Um, I did think that this gives you vibes of like mid nineties and I didn't realize this until I looked at the trailer today because I wanted to see how they um, marketed this movie. Yeah. Um, the very beginning of the trailer is directed by the man that did the hand that rocks the Cradle.
1: Oh my and God, I, like, <laughs> I love it
0: you can go back to episode four to hear our thoughts on the hand that rocks the cradle.
1: (laughs) Now, a couple of, a couple, we talked about casting earlier, but a couple of things here, Sam Neill was actually offered the role of, of, of Tom that uh, David Strathairn played uh, the dad. Uh,
0: I mean, I guess it 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 might (laughs) work. I I think that this guy, the David, or David, I uh, love
1: David Strathairn. I think he's, he's a fantastic actor. So I'm, I'm glad that he played it. Also, Ray Liotta was considered for the role of Wade instead of Kevin Bacon. Um, which like I think I, I'm glad it was Kevin Bacon but Ray Liotta would have been an interesting choice for sure
0: I can see that I mean R.I.P. of course but um, he's got that kind of like good fellas I think maybe he might have been too uh, gangstery right off Probably. the bat yeah like you know what I mean like yeah. Kevin Bacon kind of has like a uh, he can go either way like he can either be the hero or the villain which got I it. think is like a indeed rest me, in but. peace
1: Ray Liotta God you were so good you were so so good um boy i'll tell you another mid-90s thing is the end of it with that fucking cheesy ass ranger at the end holy shit! oh i know oh my god
0: can you explain to me how you feel about the end of this movie
1: (laughs) Uh, i'll tell you what like i love this movie and and it's it's i'm gonna give it a really high score um but fuck that ranger is so cheesy well tell you tell me about what your dad did um my dad almost sounds 80 yard oh yeah it's weird right and then, and then uh, Rourke says, my dad, he saved our lives. <laughs> it's just so cheesy. It's so cheesy. Oh, I
0: will say that this is one of the better dogs in a movie type yeah. of situation. Um, the dog actually does like have something to do in the movie. It's not just there to die. It's not just there to... Like... <laughs> um no and i do appreciate that like they set up this whole dynamic of like how it won't listen to him yeah and sure. it only listens to gail and like i don't know I, I did feel it was very irresponsible to have a dog on that kind of a trip but yeah,
1: probably <laughs> not the smartest point. idea but um you know mid 90s and all that and it, you know look it's it's a smart dog too um god river wild what a great fucking movie
0: yeah it's it is funny though because um, so if you look at the dynamics of the family, so yeah. the dad is obviously some sort of either architect or something along those lines. Yeah. Like they don't ever truly tell you what he does, but he draws. That's what she says, like draws for a living or whatever. So I can only imagine it's some sort of architectural um, thing. And then she says that she's a history teacher at a school for the deaf. Yeah. But they live in San Francisco and get a private plane to <laughs> oh, right, right, <laughs> Montana right. or whatever. And I'm like, w- who's making that kind of money? But I guess um, I-, I did think it was an interesting dynamic when. Um, wade tries to give Rourke two hundred dollars for his birthday, yeah. and i was like whoa dude like that's overstepping. <laughs> um i did like though that uh when he opens the swiss army knife which he got from quote unquote his sister um the <laughs> terry terry just straight up asks him like how much did it cost i and know like, i heard it <laughs> and Rourke goes 79.95 <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: so good it's perfect Um,
0: One thing that we should note is that the, all of the stunts were done by an actual like stunt woman who was a a actual guide on the, on the rapids. Um, But actually, you know, Meryl Streep did do some of her own stunts. There was actually a day where the, she'd been paddling all day and Curtis Hansen, who's a director asked her to do like one more take. And unfortunately that's like, she was actually flipped out of the boat and dragged down to the bottom of the river. So she went, above and beyond for this movie and probably maybe could have drowned i I mean i guess when you're doing a movie like this you always have those type of uh those type of chances but to think like the river
1: wild was like you know what i mean like a dangerous movie you know what i mean well i mean without a doubt i mean that that's some serious shit like you know i like to canoe um, I don't like to canoe in anything like that. That's for sure. Um, this movie um, reminded me that I never want to go whitewater rafting in my life. Oh my god!
0: I literally put in my in my in my notes, I never want to do
1: this. same same thing with me. Like it's it's this it's one of those things that like I'm sure other people like get excited about it. It's something that they dream about doing or that they love to do right now. I see it and I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, and I value my life, so I'm not going to do it. Um, one thing I noticed
0: this time around that I've never noticed before. So in this movie, there are a couple moments where there's kind of a violin playing in the background. Yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. Did you notice that when they go, there's like a, a, a shot where they're kind of pulled away and they're going around the corner and you're kind of hearing that familiar violin music you've heard a couple of times. There's a guy at the top of the rock playing a violin. Was there really? yeah so i was like are we
1: supposed to believe that there's like just this, this random guy playing a violin i didn't i got i have to go back and look at that but while i still have the rental um i don't remember that for some reason it was the first time i've ever noticed it oh but it's like so weird why why is that why that's so I strange oh <laughs>
0: well, okay um, another good another good repertoire between terry and rourke uh in the raft is when terry's like i can't go back to jail and rourke just looks at him and goes I don't care. <laughs> I, <know.
1: laughs> I, I will also say when Wade finally gets killed, it's very satisfying. It's like ah, uh, you shot well, and him, you, and you almost
0: dead. yeah. It, and it's a really good setup because she clicks the gun, and then she's like, "Oh, wrong." Uh, yeah. What do you What do you call What do you call that thing in a gun? Wrong the bullet wrong. hole
1: or whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can really tell we're big gun enthusiasts.
1: We, oh, we, we love them over um, here.
0: Um, but she and then she reloads the gun and, and shoots him. And you almost get this ending where you're like, oh, did he live or did he not? But then they yeah, show sure. his dead body finally at the end of the at the end of the movie, which I was very happy about. I did not remember Terry not dying. Um, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, but- I
1: love how Terry is just sort of standing there at the end like, oh, well. Guess this is yep. over. <laughs> well, and
0: it's funny because the movie plays with you a, a lot, and we'll get to scores here in just a moment, I promise. But um, the movie plays with you a lot because after they go through the gauntlet, you kind of have this moment where you're like, "Yeah, cheering, like you yeah. they did it," and you're like, "Oh wait, they're still bad guys." Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like they're still pieces of shit for God's sake. But yeah, so here at Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we judge on a seven-stripe scale for the seven
1: stripes of the gay old rainbow. Maddie, what do you give, and what are your final thoughts on The River Wild? I gave it a five and a half, and I said it's one of my all-time faves. Amazing acting, a high tension, and a satisfying ending. woo I also gave it
0: a 5.5. I was almost at a six. I think some of the, uh, the ending sure. kind of threw me a little oh, bit. Oh, Yeah. Um, Um, I said, a tight thriller with great acting all around, apart from the ranger at the end. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I just wish the stakes were a bit higher in the movie to create a little more intensity, but come on, this cast is gold. Yes. So yeah, that's The River Wild, our first horror, and yes, I call this a horror movie of the episode. Uh, Do you want to
1: take our next break? Yeah, and we'll be right back with our next episode called... not an episode, next episode, our next film called A Perfect Getaway. Oh, whoa! There is a place the most gorgeous dead end God ever
0: made. Yeah! You know what? Drop me off right here. As beautiful as it is remote. Only two ways, in and out, by foot or by kayak. Hey! How far are you going?
1: About 10 miles ahead. Yeah,
0: the big trail? We'll drive you there. Oh. Oh, Some come for romance. <laughs> some come for adventure.
1: Come on, baby, you can do it. <gasps>
0: Outstanding. And some have come to play a game. So, you guys don't mind if we tag along? We're all going the
1: same place. Yeah, are you kidding?
0: And once the game has started.
1: So, uh, what were you? SEALs? Rangers? I'm a damn American Jedi. That's some toothpick. There's no place to hide. Interesting guy, Cliff. Yeah. It's good reflexes. The further we go, the fewer
0: people on the trail.
1: You know what I heard? People die out here every year. Who knows how? Could be the wages of sin. What are they looking for? They
0: found two bodies on the beach. Authorities are searching for a man and a woman.
1: Well, what do you think?
0: <laughs> Are you like Lenny Kravitz and just want to get away? Well, we've got the movie for you A Perfect Getaway.
1: Maddie, tell us all about it. Andrew, you've been thinking that up all, all day, haven't you? That one. Um, <laughs> that was great. Uh, welcome to Paradise. Enter at your own risk. For their honeymoon, newlyweds Cliff and Sydney head to the tropical islands of Hawaii. While journeying through the paradisaical, God, who wrote this? While traveling through the paradisaical countryside, the couple encounters Kale and Cleo, two disgruntled hitchhikers, and Nick and Gina, two wild but well-meaning spirits who help guide them through the lush jungles. The picturesque waterfalls and scenic mountainsides quickly give way to terror when Cliff and Sidney learn of a grisly murder that occurred nearby and realize they're being followed by chance acquaintances that suspiciously fit the description of the killers. A perfect getaway is directed and written by David Tui. Uh the production company is QED International, which stands for "Quote Erat Demonstratum. Now you know. Uh, distributed by Rogue Pictures. Sydney played by Mila Jovovich. Uh Cliff played by Steve Zahn. Nick by Timothy Oliphant. Uh Gina played by uh is it Keely Sanchez, probably? I bet yeah, so I think so. I think so. Um Cleo played by Marley Shelton and Kale played by Fucking sexy-ass Chris Hemsworth. Second time in this episode today we talked about Chris Hemsworth. I know. <laughs> um, strange how that works, right? Uh, it's rated R, 98 minutes, made in the USA. I will say it's 98 minutes, but I watched the director's cut. We'll talk more oh, about Oh, damn this. it. You should have told me. I was. Yeah. Gonna, I didn't know if I should watch the director's cut or if I should watch the original. So maybe we'll compare and contrast. Yeah, yeah I think it's a good idea. Uh, released August 7th of 2009. Uh, filmed in various locations. Actually, not just in Hawaii, but also in Puerto Rico. Um, and the budget was fourteen million, gross of twenty three million. Andrew, I know that you've seen this before. Um, tell me what you like about uh, this movie. Yeah, so this
0: is one of those like mid two thousands movie that has kind of just been erased. I feel like like nobody really talks about this movie, even though the cast is fucking incredible. Oh yeah, big time. Um, I, I just think that this is kind of a forgotten one because. I I I remember I saw this in the theater. I remember liking it then. I really liked it this time. I I just think it's like really tight. It's really well written. I think that a lot of the dialogue really works well the way that yeah. they set up the story. Um and I I just think that this is a tight little nice movie that like is it going to be one that you watch over and over again? Probably not because of the way that the story is structured, but I I think that if you're watching it for the first time, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And I think it's like very surprising the uh, performances that we get from both of our female leads, because they're not really like, uh, I don't know. They're they're just, they haven't gone on to be like huge stars. I mean, Mila Jovovich stars in a lot of her husband's movies, but beyond like action star, she hasn't done like a ton of, um, leading roles like this where she's not asked to be like a a stunt badass you know what i mean like where she actually has to do some acting so i was really surprised and then i don't really um keely i think is what we decided on her on her name you know she's done she's done some stuff but not a ton and i thought that she was kind of a standout in this movie um especially we'll talk about later uh, towards the end when she's asked to do quite a bit in this movie oh big time um but yeah overall i think watching it this time it's been a good probably just like river Wild. It's probably been a good 10 years since i watched this i think that the way that they structure the movie is very unique um we'll talk about the reveal and my my critiques there in a little bit but um i just had a ton of fun with it and it was really pretty it's a really like saturated movie like yeah. the colors and like how everything stands out which is different for you know, this time in, in horror movies where everything was kind of like washed out and green and blue, this is like so vibrant and definitely made me want to go back to Hawaii and made me want to like go hiking and stuff. Yeah. It's just so fucking beautiful, like the scenery. But Maddie, tell me about your experience with a perfect getaway.
1: Yeah, this, this is my first time watching it, so I ah, did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I did get to have that um, that that fun reveal. It was like, oh. Okay. I did not see that coming truly. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's really pretty. Like we, I talked about Hawaii earlier. It's, it's, it's probably my favorite place in the entire world. Um, so I loved seeing this and I loved like, you know, just, it put me back there to be honest. Um, and it also reminded me of how Hawaii is. So like it's, a, you know, if you haven't been to Hawaii before, if you don't know much about it, obviously it's a collection of islands, right? It's not just one. Um, so, you know, Andrew's been to Maui. I've been to Oahu. This one is on Kauai. Um, and uh, Kauai is a really big island. Um, it's not as big as the big island, which is the island of Hawaii. Um, but it's a really wild island. Um, it's also an island where, like... Um, it's, it's, an, it's an island that is very native. So, like, a lot of native Hawaiians live in, live on Kauai. Um, and unfortunately, also, a lot of, like, rich Americans live on Kauai as well. Like, for example, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so, it's this beautiful place where, like, it's not the kind of place where you can, like, really go and be, like, a howley. And a howli is what like a native would call like us basically. Um, it's like it's like saying white person essentially. Um, howli, I believe in in Native Hawaiian means without breath, so it means that like God didn't touch you basically. Um, and uh, you know, Hawaii is wild. And like when I was on the, on the Big Island where, where my cousin lived at the time. Um, the way that you sort of just like meet people on the side of the road that happens all the time. So it's very different from mainland where like in Chicago, like you would never do that in Chicago. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't right. do it. I wouldn't do it in Dublin. Um, but in Hawaii, like there's just sort of this like, like unspoken contract with everybody a camaraderie. That like, yeah. yeah. That like everyone is just cool because you know, one of the things that people say in Hawaii is lucky, lucky we live high. And like, it just means like, <laughs> We are fucking lucky to like live here. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And everyone sort of treats people; they treat each other with respect. You can trust them. It's all that kind of shit, right? Uh, blah 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 blah. Anyways, the um, the this, this, this story is a blast. Um, and you know, at first, I wasn't sure if I was going to like the movie just because I was like, ah, I don't know. I was also hungover when I watched it, so you know, listen, your brain does weird things. Um, but it picks up pretty quickly, and uh, you know, like it it does leave you guessing the whole time like you you really are wondering like, well wait a minute, who is the killer like
0: yeah, is I think it
1: they do a really good job of that in this yeah movie. and 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 th- and that's not easy to do like that takes skill as a as a filmmaker as a writer as a director, as an actor, it takes skill to not play the end do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. like a lot there's there's a lot going for this movie um the director's cut because because i've never seen the original version i don't know like how to really compare it to be honest i do know that the director's cut is i'm looking this up right now 12 minutes
0: yeah 10 or 12 minutes yeah it's,
1: it's about 15 minutes longer um which i could kind of feel in this one like i mean obviously i had nothing i had nothing to compare it to but i was like oh i bet this is sort of like director's cut shit right here Let me ask you a question in the original or the theatrical version is the naked yoga scene in it. No,
0: there is a naked (laughs) waterfall scene, but not naked yoga.
1: So there is, uh, I'll tell you about it. There's a moment when they get to like, they get to the beach, you know what I mean? And when they get there, there's this group, I'm I'm looking at that picture of it right now. There's a group of six people all doing naked yoga. (laughs) 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 And I mean like, doing naked yuck, bending over and doing all the shit and they're all there's men and women it's a lot and I was like huh I wonder if I wonder if that was in the theater because that's a whole lot going on there wow definitely not (laughs) um I'm also
0: wondering in your version how much how gory it was uh pretty gory you know because I mean you definitely get hint like hits of gore I mean I will definitely say one of the the, I think one of the best devices that they do in this is when Steve Zahn gets his hand severed in two and then he can't pick up a gun anymore. Ugh. And like that's like a device of the movie. Yeah. Um it's it's very visceral. I, I think that there is a when this gets into the action, so you know we'll we'll skip to like I'd say like what hour ten. Probably yeah, sure. is like when the is when the kind of reveal happens that you know, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen A Perfect Getaway, you should go watch it because it's actually got a really nice twist that you don't see it too often in film. But yeah, I'm going to get yeah. into it right now. Yeah, for,
1: for real, if, if, you, if you haven't seen it before, I do recommend to shut us off now because it, it, it is a really good twist. Take it from someone who just saw it um, for the first time. Shut us off. Go watch it now. Then come back to us.
0: So yeah, you know, we kind of learn at the hour 10 minute that our main characters who we've been following since the beginning, so Steve Zahn and Mila Jovovich, um, I'm not even sure I'm saying her name right, but no, she no. has one of those, you got she, has one, yeah, of, you have she has one of those names that I feel like everyone pronounces differently. She but, has a <laughs> Slavic name like I do. Yay. Um, and we find out that the people that we've been following all along are actually the killers, ah! which is a really good twist because they play them up so innocently i mean she's super excited they just got married they even have a line when they first meet um gina and what's the other guy's name in the movie uh, nick nick when they first meet them um she says hi i'm you know i'm sydney we're newlyweds and then gina goes i'm gina we're not
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: um where they kind of uh meet up that's and funny you have like a moment where you're like, well, are they the killers? And then you're also introduced to kind of Chris Hemsworth and, um, uh, Marlee Shelton, Shelton. um, who you just recently saw in the newest scream movie.
1: Um, oh, so, so, Disney- so, so also here, let me just point this out. The, all, all of it was such great casting and the acting is so good that like, there's one thing that I wonder if you feel the same way about, which is, um, what's her face? Uh, uh, Gina. So yeah. Gina, right. She has this big southern accent, you know, like there were moments where I was like, she's faking it. That can't be a real accent. Yeah, it does sound put on. Yeah. And so that kind of kept me going like, oh, well, maybe she's the killer. And then like with um, with uh, Chris Hemsworth and Mary Shelton's characters, like they have sort of like similar things to that, too, where it's like they got to be making this up. They're not really doing that. You know what I mean? So, well, even, even in those, the those, in those this little, those little details, they just they really matter. Well, even in the
0: scene where they attempt to pick up uh, Chris Hemsworth and uh, Marley Shelton um, at the beginning of the movie when they're kind of hitchhiking, they don't ever show his face at the beginning. Like they yeah. show like they show like frames of him and like frames of maybe his like lower face, but you never get like, a, you, I mean, cause it's Chris Hemsworth. Now we know who it is, but like yeah. when this movie came out, he was, I, I don't want to say he was nothing, but he was not at the pinnacle of what he is now. Um, so you're kind of like, who is this guy? Yeah. He's kind of like rugged and handsome, but also maybe a little dangerous. Like, and then she plays off of kind of that, like, I don't, I don't want to say schizophrenic, that's the wrong word, but just like very shifty, like sure. very uh, like side eye you know what I mean? Absolutely get it. Um, and then they end up not giving them a ride, even though, and so then there's like a built-in tension of like, oh shit, are they going to run to them later on in the movie? And so I, I just think that the way that this movie is crafted, it, it's so much better than I've seen a lot of these yeah. kind of twisty movies.
1: I agree with you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, back to the word skill. I like to use that when I'm talking about films, because I I think that art it is is skill. Like there, there's skill that goes into making things what they are. And you can't just slap dash something together um, and then expect it to like have the effect that you're looking for. And this one doesn't do that. Like they just they they completely refuse to do that. Um, and they just do a great job. I, I do think that the um, so it, uh, just to be clear the the flashback scenes are are like a blue tint for years too right?
0: Yeah, that's that's the one thing we can talk about that I have a little bit of a complaint about. Yeah, but.
1: I I, I kind of wish they hadn't done that, um, but you know even still, I guess it did sort of set those moments apart for me, so you know, whatever fine. Um, I do know, because I'm looking at like a compare movie comparison thing right now, apparently in my flashbacks, there's there's, there's like new scenes that weren't in yours i don't know which i couldn't tell you which ones those are um i i would say you know the part where i was like oh this director's cut feels like a director's cut was mostly in that because okay. i was like huh this is going on for this is going on for a long time. Because, I mean, it like, does in the it does in the theatrical cut too, and that's where
0: I'm a, have a little bit of a complaint about the movie is that the 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 twist is actually really well earned, and the way that it's paid off with the photos and like her looking at yeah. the uh, wedding photos and everything, and then running away, and then kind of Mila Jovovich picking up the camera and understanding what's
1: happening and running sure. after
0: it's all really well earned. So I don't need a five minute extended cut of the twist. Do you know what I mean?
1: I completely agree with you. Yeah.
0: Um, We get it. They were on the same island. We get it. They are the imposters. Like I didn't. And this is like, uh, we've talked about this on a couple of other movies. I I can't think of any right now, but where they just, they over explain their twist and they don't trust that the audience is going to like, quote unquote, (laughs) get it. Um, and I think that's like maybe where this movie just like skips a beat for a second. Cause Fair I enough. don't think that we needed like an extended cut of them, like smoking crystal meth on the beach and understanding that like, Oh yes, we shot them in the head and Oh yeah, yes. Sure. And like they were, we were on the boat and they missed the boat and Oh yes. the, the ex- and right. I, It was just so weird. Like the extended ring scene, yeah um,
1: where they're in like the ring store. And I, I was mean just like, like, don't get me wrong. That's, that's cute. like, I mean, I, I think Timothy Oliphant is, is really cute. You know what I mean? So like, I, I don't mind watching him be cutesy-wootsy. Um, but it's a little much though, isn't it? Yeah, it just goes on for too
0: long. I do think that there is one hint in the movie and it's when Gina and uh, Mila Jovovich are kind of sitting together. And then, yeah. you know, she tells them about their life back in, I think, Pasadena or something. Um, and how, how they want to have three kids and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then Gina kind of calls bullshit on her. And she's like, you sure. know when people say things like this, they're usually hiding something like what? Tell me a story of like something like real. And she goes into this story about how she had this boyfriend in, I think like high school, um, named Rocky. And he took her to this, uh, secluded place and they thought they were going to like have sex. And then he asked her to get out of the car and go look over, you know, go over there and take a look. And it's like a, a a neighbor's Labrador that he's hung and killed. Um, and they get interrupted right after that. So it kind of cuts off like, uh, like that story but i think that's like your first hint that there's something different going on with the mila jovovich character oh big time um, and it, it's your first hint but i don't think that it overdoes it with the hint and i just think that the explanation just maybe does overdoes it a little
1: bit if I'm i just I being agree honest. with you on both of those points completely
0: um i thought that it was funny that he uh has a knife named gilligan i thought that that was a nice little <laughs> nod um and i do like that he like It's so funny because they have this line in there where they were like, um, "People on vacation tend to overshare," and like he's literally telling like his life story to Steve Zahn's character, um, including kind of the story of how he has a titanium plate in his head, which comes into. play later on in the movie where he gets shot in the head and you think he's dead but his his scalp is literally just hanging
1: off of his head and there's the shiny ass (laughs) titanium right there it's it's kind of amazing and honestly timothy oliphant is a badass in this movie Oh,
0: yeah. I, I love when she... I mean, she says it several times, but Gina just says, he's really hard to kill. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. It's so good.
0: It's so good. One of my favorite shots in this movie, and it, it kind of... When the action ramps up towards the end is where uh, the Mila Jovovich character and Gina are are, are fighting on the cliffside, and her she her axe gets thrown, and it barely misses Steve's
1: on. Yeah. And I just thought that that was like a, such a cool oh, it action filmed, moment. It filmed, like, filmed so well because it's just like that's like that's action right there. Uh, it was it's a wonderful sequence. It's very very cool. I got really frustrated
0: when Gina gets stopped by the tourists that are wondering about their boats. Oh god, yeah. Uh it just made me so mad.
1: Um like she's that, basically That was that was weird
0: it was a weird set because it's basically there, there to add to the body count kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it feels unnecessary. It also um, feels
1: rapey. Did it feel rapey to you? It felt rapey to me.
0: Well, it's definitely like settle down,
1: crazy woman, like, you know, yeah. type of type of things so. like, for, for a minute though. I was like, wait a minute. Are these, is everyone crazy here? And these guys are just going to like fucking like, you know, you know, like I, I was worried about that for a minute.
0: Yeah, I it definitely gave me vibes because I, I think that we are trained in our head to think, oh, four like twenty something men yeah. and one her one quote unquote hysterical woman, what are they gonna do we, with
1: this situation? Uh I I give you um, a couple guesses, right?
0: It does lead to one of my my favorite lines in the movie. Our favorite reveals in the movie is where uh, the one guy says that he's a paramedic, and then you know Steve Zahn's character comes down and he's saying, you know, she's high on crystal meth, she has a problem. Like, let me take her. We'll we'll figure it out. Please don't get the please don't get the authorities involved. Like, it's not a big deal. We'll figure it out. And the paramedic guy, and he's like, you know. At one one weird thing why are her pupils normal and yours yeah. of the size of olives and you're just like oh
1: shit yep mm-hmm.
0: and then that leads to them all getting shot in the head or whatever but it's kind of a it, it's kind of a weird payoff but i did just love that little like oh shit moment like where you're like oh he just he just called him out on something and shit's about to go down um, I, I, I do
1: think that mila jovovich did a great job in this movie um, yeah,
0: I I love her arc of like at yeah. the end where she's telling them who to shoot, and yeah. and you think at first you're she's telling them to shoot Timothy Oliphant, but she's actually telling them to shoot Steve Zahn, um, and it, it's kind of. Well, it, she it, has an arc where she's like, "I'm tired of being taken advantage of, and I'm tired of being just like along for the ride. I just want someone to love me, like for real." I mean, you yeah, know? if
1: if if you take it back all the way to when she was telling the story and she got called on bullshit, it turns out that it was actually true. She just wants to be married and have a little life, and that's it. And somehow she got swept up into this insanity his madness, yeah. and into his madness. So, uh, you know, I I I think that she. um I think that she probably had the most challenging role to play in the movie Agreed. because I think you know. number it's it's sort of like, uh, it, 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 well, it's it's not like the Meryl <laughs> Streep thing, but what I mean is this: Mila Jovovich. If if people know Mila Jovovich, they probably know her most likely for um, what do you call it? The Fifth Element, Resident Evil, or, or R- Resident Evil, or the Fifth Element. Yeah. Um, both of which are you know cool and good, but like that's what she does. she has a very distinctive voice. Um, so it's it's in other words, what I'm trying to say is it's hard for her to just blend in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, agreed. S- and somehow she she does it in this. She does a pretty good fucking job of just not being Mila and and like actually acting this shit out. And once again, that goes back to skill. The motherfucker knows how to act. Yeah, and one other
0: one other uh area I wanted to point out is with the cinematography. Um like we said earlier, this is really beautiful, but there's the one sequence in particular that got me like really like pumped up, like got me really excited, and huh. it's when they're all running through the jungle and they have like this split screen of Gina running, they have a split screen of uh, Steve Zahn running, they have a split screen of Tim yeah. and running, yeah. and they kind of flash between them and they're all kind of in their own like Gina is obviously like hysterical trying to get away, Steve Zahn's like in pursuit. And Timothy offense in pursuit of Steve Zahn, and it, it, it's shot in a way to where they kind of cut back, and then they kind of all show them all at the same time, and it's just so well
1: crafted that I, I like got like excited. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I totally get it. It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it's it's an exciting movie. It's it's one that does keep you guessing, and um, it just it just does that so well. And it's also it's it's sexy. Hawaii oh, is yeah. beautiful. I mean, it, there's there's just there's so much going. For this particular film, um, it's 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 good.
0: And I uh, one thing I forgot to point out is that um, Steve Zahn's character does end up uh, framing the Kale and yeah. Cleo characters by putting in um, teeth and nails in their in which their is backpack.
1: fucked up.
0: Yeah. Well, and also I don't know if you caught this, but like earlier in the movie, um, he's looking at their wedding photos because marley shelton's kind of showing in their their wedding photos from the frame. yeah they get married at a, they get married at a grocery store but um <laughs> he's showing them the photos and he's like oh yeah that one's definitely suitable for framing and then when you think about it later oh it's like suitable, for, suitable framing. for framing oh
1: wow that's good
0: so i thought that that was like a nice little nod um i thought it was i think the ending if i'm gonna say anything like uh apart from like kind of how they explain the twist i thought the ending was a little cheesy yeah fair enough. Um, where he gives her the ring on the on the helicopter, and she's like, "How long have you had this?" And he's like, oh, "I don't know, like a year and a half." And she's like, "A year and a half? I don't know." It's kind of <laughs> just like, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe could have just been like them, like flying off in the helicopter. There's the end. I don't know if we needed like that extra little like cheesy moment, but I guess if you're really invested in these two characters, you want to see them kind of like thrive and and live and love together. So,
1: well, I, I guess too, it uh, it sort of matches their style. You know, it's, like yeah, I mean, it definitely matches their
0: tone, like if, of
1: characters. It, yeah, and so it, it sort of keeps the not the comedy, but it keeps the laughs going with with him and her, and like you know, that's it's exactly who they are.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I have it in our trivia here that he's been uh, the director. Uh, David uh, ooh, Tui. probably? Tui. Yeah, yeah, um Has been quoted in recent interviews as saying he had to battle with the studio to allow the movie to continue on with an R rating instead of a PG-13. But you can definitely see that in the movie that if it weren't for like I, I think that that's where this movie excels is that it easily could have been pg13 but then they throw in like these like very visceral moments of like actual
1: gore and oh, like, yeah. actual like
0: i don't know when when i saw that chunk of scalp hanging off oh, of that yeah. head,
1: it freaked me out well and then you know in in the unrated version you have naked yoga so de- <laughs> definitely not pg13 um but yeah i', mean, I'm, I I'm glad that it I'm, I, I'm glad that i watched the the unrated version i maybe one day i'll go back and watch the the theatrical one um i don't i guess i would recommend it because i i, I didn't find anything that i' You know, I didn't think it was too long, in other there's words.
0: No, there's nothing in the movie that I hated. Uh, there's actually a lot I really liked. Yeah. Um, it's just I think that a product of its time, it maybe overexplains its twist a little. That's, I agree with you. Yeah. Maddie, what did you give, and what is your final takeaway from A Perfect Getaway?
1: I gave A Perfect Getaway a five, and I said it's super clever and honestly better than I was expecting. Milla Jovovich's performance is pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, I almost want to come up, but I'm I'm going to settle at a 5. I think that I've had a lot of fun talking about yeah. it. So that's why I want to bring it up, but um I'll give it a 5 um and I said this was such a fun watch. Um I think once spoiled it does lose a little bit of its appeal on a rewatch. That, yeah. Um, but if you're watching it for the first time and I'm so glad that I, that I got you to watch it for the first time, just so we could get that perspective of someone that just saw and, and didn't see the twist coming because I remember in the theaters, I did not see that twist coming and you kind of got to give them credit for that because as avid horror watchers, I think we're always looking for the twist. Oh, totally. And to get me is pretty good. And so I'm glad I, it got you.
1: I agree. It's, it's it's sort of like what really scares us anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if a movie actually manages to scare me, I'm like, holy shit, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, and same, same thing with this.
0: All right. Well, I think that does it for our horror in the movies section. Maddie, we're going to play a fun game when we come back called Roadside Attraction or Bust. Ooh.
1: One thing is sure... You don't have to travel far to see interesting things in Florida. Just hop in the car and travel to something new and something strange. And we are back with our final segment of the episode where we just play a little fun game. And Andrew's pretty good at making these games up, I'll be honest. Um, And Andrew, you created one for me today. Tell us about it. So, yes, I am
0: going to read you, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to read you six roadside attractions, and I want you to tell me if you think they're real or if you think that I made them up. Okay, perfect. (laughs) All right, go ahead. All right, the first one is the Hammer Museum.
1: That sounds real. That is real. It is in Haynes, Alaska. (laughs) You know what? I got to get up there someday.
0: And uh, for the for the I do
1: I do love to get hammered. (laughs) uh, For the next uh,
0: five, I'll give a little more context. I I kind (laughs) of forgot
1: to do it on the hammer museum,
0: (laughs) but whatever. Uh, So the next one is the world's largest coloring book, where you can too come and color in this book and become part of something famous.
1: (sighs) You made this one up.
0: It is fake. Does not exist. Uh, But (laughs) not a bad idea, though, if you think about it. All right, the next one is the Sandal Museum. So from ancient Greek to Tevas, you can come and tour
1: all of the sandals of the world. You know what? I am going to say it's real, and I hope that it's real. I made it up. Damn. It's fake. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I really actually would. I would go to that. I think I would go.
0: All right, the next one is the Leaning Tower of Niles. This is a replica of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. This is true. Yes, this is right here in our backyard in Niles, Illinois. I've never seen it. Uh, All right. The next one is the Pez Visitor's Center, where you can come Mm. and tour all the uh, Pez, the candy, uh, historic uh, evidence throughout the years. That sounds real. That is real. It is actually the Visitor's Center outside of Orange, Connecticut. Mm. And the final one is the Matador School, where you too can come and learn to be a matador. Hmm. that sounds real i made it up there's a matador <laughs> painting outside of
1: my office and that's where, say, it comes where, from. The, where the fuck did that come from um <laughs> that oh that was a fun game andrew i think i um i almost got you, them all right you did pretty good i didn't know if you knew about the leaning tower of niles like because yeah, it's weird but you know you know what else is weird niles of the Nile. <laughs> um andrew that was a fun episode episode 80 Um, some things to tell you before we, uh, let you go, (laughs) which is first off, as always, we are a member of the dread podcast network from dread central, head over to dreadcentral.com, read some great stuff, including Andrew's recent article that he wrote, which was very, very good. Oh, thank Um, you. Yes. And, uh, and some other stuff on there as well. Uh, tune into the other podcasts on this network, like Mick Garris, Kim and Katz, um, other people that are also good, but I can't think of them right now. Uh, So Dread Podcast Network, go check it out.
0: Yeah, and if you want to hear one of your hosts, me, on another podcast, you can go over and listen to the More Deadly podcast uh, from the Zombie Girls, and that's G-R-L-Z. I uh, sat in with them earlier this week, and we did a whole thing all about Shudder's original revenge. Nice. Um, The cool thing about More Deadly is they talk all about women directors and how they are probably the more deadly Species (laughs) Species, <laughs>
1: love that. And you know, shout out to the to those kids for uh, the good social media that they did. They they made a nice little picture thing of us. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, they have spent the entire uh, month of June highlighting um, LGBTQIA plus uh, uh, content creators, including us, which is really great. Yeah, um, it was really them. nice. It was really nice for them to reach out. I was happy to go on their podcast. Um, I'll probably go back again because I found out that they don't. They have never seen Blood Games, and oh, wow. I know. I think that we both. We're real high on blood games. Blood games, so, uh,
1: blood games was fucking crazy. Um, so. <laughs> I, I hope they don't find out that I'm straight. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, listen, if you want to call the fry gay hotline, you can. We still have it. One day we're gonna. One day we're gonna do it again. Well, um, we need you to call it. Yeah, so, so we can call it. play it. <laughs> um, call us at 1-872-208-3119. Leave us a message. If you also want to support
0: Friday the 13th, beyond just listening because that's enough support for us, but if you do want to become a patron or buy merch, we have some fun stuff on, on the website. You can go oh, yeah, to Fraggy13.com slash support uh, where you can become a patron or buy a, a hat or a t-shirt. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And also uh, one of the great ways that you can support us is by leaving a review. So um, look, if you have not left us a review yet, you know that reviews are how the world goes round when it comes to podcasts. So please do pop over to whatever podcast player you use, leave a review there. Uh, hopefully it's a nice one. And, and then you can also do another thing, which is this, tell a friend about us. Um, if you know somebody who loves podcasts, who loves horror, um, who loves gay people? Um, you know, I don't know <laughs> other stuff. Uh, this is a great one for them to listen to. So go tell them to check it out.
0: And as always, we encourage all of our listeners to get, get slayed. slayed.